Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And I know we're going to go over this again and again. And if there's two people that you'd want to listen to about this, I'm telling you right now, it, it's us because we're going to be raw and uncut. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Gabe Ramirez here till 9 o'clock right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And we're just going to get right into it, man. Start with the trifecta. I've been working on this name. Anybody that wants to text and give me a suggestion, 312-644-6767. The triple play is too boring. Trifecta sounds about right. There's a, a a sandwich in Cuban culture called the tripleta, which is three different meats. And so I wanted to do that, but then I thought that was way too Spanish for the, for what's going on right now. So trifecta sounds about right. These are my top three stories from today that we're going to get into. Number one, or excuse me, number three. Three. With that we're going to get into is the whole Derrick Rose jersey controversy. Now, I thought it went without saying that no one should be wearing the number one jersey because it's synonymous with Chicago's kid, right? The rose that grew from the concrete. Derrick Rose himself, Simeon High School, Englewood, Chicago. And despite what he's done throughout his career, we know how important he is to the Chicago Bulls franchise and to the city of Chicago. So when I heard that, you know, they were stopping other people from wearing this number one jersey. It just, I was like, oh, they didn't know that? Every, everybody else didn't know that? I knew that. I knew that I didn't want to see anybody else wearing the number one jersey. But it started with Michael Carter Williams. When he came to the Bulls, it was assumed that he would wear the number one, and they put an end to that. And then with Photoshop going crazy, when Goran Dragic said he was going to come to the Bulls, People immediately threw a number one on him. But the cool thing is that Chicago really represents in the Twitter sphere and social media. And when you do stuff like that, they're going to come for your soul. Like literally come for your soul. Like he better not wear that. Or or if you just want to be the most hated player on the Chicago Bulls, then you would do something so stupid. But Steve Pankow, he's the equipment manager for the Chicago Bulls. He said he's not assigning anyone that jersey number. Yeah. And what's, you know what's so Chicago about that, guys, is that it's the equipment manager saying that, right? It's not the coach. It's not Michael Reinsdorf. It's not, you know, AK or, or Mark Eversley. It's, it's the equipment manager saying, no, 
No one's going to get the number. Like, that's so Chicago to, like, just you're your own boss of whatever you do, and you're not going to let anybody else, you know, tell you otherwise. And, you know, I was looking at some stats from Derrick Rose because people would say, oh, you know, Derrick Rose, he was injured and la, la, la. But the reality is this, his first three years, Derrick Rose played in 81, 78, and 81 games, respectively, in those first three years. It was a dog. And that's when the majority of those highlights came about. Now, the the next four years after that, he played in 39, 10, 51, and 66. That last one was really tough, the 66, because you knew he was battling through some stuff. So granted, the last four years were up and down, but I think as a whole, you look at Derrick Rose's career with the Chicago Bulls, our you know, playoff runs, their, you know, the closeness when it comes to winning a championship, like all that stuff. I mean, again, it was the it was a Bulls team that was horrible for decade. And then he came and changed the whole narrative and along with guys like Luol and and uh Joe Kim, Ben Gordon, guys like that, Captain Kirk. I mean, just putting the team together and really taking the Bulls franchise to a different level or back to, to, to that greatness level. And if it weren't for some injuries, if you're a real Bulls fan, you would agree with me. If it wasn't for some injuries, they definitely could have been there. Now, the, one of the most impressive stats that stood out to me when it came to Derrick Rose, his first four years in the league, he averaged seven assists a game. Like, that's not talked about enough. Granted, now the game's a little more free-flowing. You know, you're in the open court a lot, a lot of fast breaks. So, you know, if you're running a point, you're probably getting some, you know, one or two assists more than you normally would in any given year. But Derrick Rose, who was known as a scorer, uh, a score-first point guard, still averaged seven assists a game. Take that nugget with you when you're arguing about whether Derrick Rose's jersey should be retired. Because I definitely have had that conversation in my group chat before. One more statistic before I get out of here of uh, my number three while I'm inside the trifecta. He's a career 30% uh, 30 three-point shooter, which is horrible. And you remember when he was trying to work on putting a little bit more arc in his shot? Because he would always jump high and then shoot that line drive. So he was working on the the arc. And eventually it paid off. His last two years on the Knicks, 41 and 40% respectively. That is a significant jump. So shout out to D Rose for working on the three pointer, making your your game evolve to fit today's NBA. But once he finishes, in my heart of hearts, I would love for him to sign a one year contract. But once he signs that one day contract, it's going to be really cool to see his jersey retired. The former MVP of the NBA. All right, we're inside jersey the track number track. one. Yes, is going to the Raptors. Of who said that? Yes. Parkins, you haven't heard that before? No. Oh, there was a whole thing. No, here, you got to listen closely. Let me pull it up again real Please, quick. Please, I got time. All right, hold on, hold on. Especially if we're talking about Derrick Rose. Listen, if there's one subject that will get an unlimited amount of time on the show, it is Derrick Rose. And if Parkins... Now, the funny thing is, you got to listen closely. Okay. Because he doesn't... He There's a little bit of a malaprop in here. Jersey number one is going to the Raptors. Oh, Raptors. Raptors. That was the whole joke. So I know you were on That's you were on B96 at the time when he said this was this was like a year or two ago that he said this. <laughs> and they got talking about this the similar topic about he th- he wants Derrick Rose's jersey sure. to be retired, which I like I I think a lot of Bulls fans do. And he said he said jersey number 1 <laughs> is going to the Raptors. And of course they give him endless crap for hilarious. it. Hilarious. I can't wait to see Parkins again for that one. But yes, D Rose unofficially retired, and yes, he his his number one jersey will go to the Raptors eventually. Let's go to number two. Two. 
Major League Baseball moving forward with logos on their jerseys. Now, when it happened in the NBA, it just didn't feel right. As someone who watches soccer, I'm a brand new soccer fan, last couple of years. But I always think it's stupid because I went to go buy a Bayern Munich jersey and it was like a, a mobile company on the chest. It made no sense to me. I was like, I'm not going to wear this. And then I talked to real soccer fans and they were like, yeah, that's just part of the brand. Like they're synonymous with one another. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm in America. I'm in Chicago. Like I don't want to be representing no damn T-Mobile or whatever it is, you know, on my chest when I'm trying to rep for Bayern Munich. Right. So to me, that's always been weird. And then in the NBA, when it came about, it just threw me off. You know, and then I know that like some teams have practice jerseys in the NFL where they got this stuff. And now MLB is moving forward with logos on the jersey. I believe the San Diego Padres are the first team to sign on a sponsor for the 2023 season. And you know what's weird? The weirdest part for me, I I guess I just hear, you know, we're talking about players' contracts, when you're talking about what teams are worth, you know, in the billions and half a billions of dollars. It always throws me off when these jerseys, only bring back like $8 million. Because then I think to myself, well, that's not worth it. Why tarnish a beautiful jersey for $8 million? Now, granted, in my world, I would sell my whole body for $8 million. But when you're talking about a jersey for a franchise that is worth a billion dollars, that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. Now, the Bulls, they had Zenny, who, by the way, because I'm such a Bulls fan, I ended up getting some glasses from Zenny. Shout out to Zenny. I know. I did. I had to. Oh, studs. We're on the softball team together. You know my goggles? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my no my goggles are from Zenny. Oh, That's why they're black okay. and red. I got black and red go- goggles that I, I wear. I never took in what color they were. <laughs> yeah, they're bulls. They're bulls colored goggles, dude. That's great. So now I know. I support that wholeheartedly because I, I I love the money coming in for the franchise and whatever it can do for the team. But that was a five year deal they signed. And I just want to rattle off some of the teams and the money associated with some of these sponsorships for the jerseys because that's what MLB is going to be dealing with in a little bit. And Manfred said it himself. He said, listen, wherever, basically wherever we can get money, we're going to go ahead and get it. <laughs> so to me, I'm just like, it just doesn't make sense. Anyway, the, the team that has the largest sponsorship deal for jersey advertisement placement is the Golden State Warriors with Rakuten. They gave them $20 million a year. Bro, that is now that sounds like a lot of money that I would do. But some of these other ones, the Lakers, who you would think would be able to garner as much money, fourteen million dollars from Wish. I say it like it's just not a lot of money. $14 million dollars. The Cleveland Cavaliers by MLB money, it's not that much, right? Exactly. Soto just turned on a half a billion dollar deal, and they're worried about six million dollars from Goodyear. Like, come on, so. It's actually seven to ten million was the agreed upon rate for Goodyear in the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let me just read off a couple of more of these because, again, for me it just doesn't doesn't add up. The Philadelphia 76ers got five million dollars a year to put StubHub on their jerseys. Yo, five million! Like what? What are you paying? Like ComEd? Like are, are you are you paying people's gas? Like five million dollars? I don't even understand that. Sac- the Sacramento Kings got $5 million a year from Blue Diamond Almonds. That's this is just hilarious, bro. That's the other thing. Zenny just threw, threw me off because no, no one knew what Zenny was. You slapped it on the jersey and you had to go Google it. 
obviously you saw Zach Levine. I think it was Ryan Archie Diacono had, had the sponsorship as well. So they were being plugged with that stuff. Ton of money. Looking at the Brooklyn Nets in four. I don't even know what that is. $8 million for three years. And I'll just, the last one I'll mention is the Boston Celtics from General Electric. They got $8 million a year for three years. What is MLB? Do you, studs, do you think MLB is going to get more than that per team per year? Or it's going to be about in, in line with men with that? What was the number again? I mean, they, they vary, but you'd say anywhere from seven to, you know, 15 million on They'll average. They'll get more. They'll get more. Because more games, right? Got to be. Yeah. They, I guarantee they get more. It has to be just, just seems, you know, like a professional sports league, like, like major league baseball. Well, that's what more. I thought about the NBA. And like when you're seeing 5 million a year from StubHub for the Philadelphia 76ers, that just seems like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like enough. It's the Sixers though. You know, stop it. They're getting a new stadium. So five million, what's 5 million going to do for their new stadium? That's going to cost a half a billion dollars. Buy a cool TV. Right. One TV in one suite. That's it. All right. Inside the trifecta, my top three stories for the day. Let's move on to number one. Number one. Of course, Kyler Murray getting his brand new deal, five years, 230.5. I'm emphasizing the .5 for a very specific reason that I'll get into in a second. But it is a five-year, $230.5 million deal where 160 of it is guaranteed. Now, the funniest tweet I saw today was, a video where they were highlighting the amount of money. And then the person who put up the tweet was like, he hasn't even won a playoff game yet. (laughs) That's a hell of a lot of money for a guy that hasn't done that. But you saw what he did. He was throwing subtle shade at the team. As soon as the season ended, he knew what he was doing and he ended up getting his money. So shout out to him and his team for finessing the Cardinals that way. He's also like seven and 17 after week seven, I think is what I saw. Yeah, I, I, I think it's way too much money, but Hey man, I get it. The owner was in love with him, has been since the draft, so he doesn't want that guy to go absolutely anywhere or for him to be upset. So I understand why you give him the money. The problem is when you're comparing it to other people. I mentioned the .5 because Deshaun Watson got 230 mil. So they both got 230, and I know Kyler Murray because he's petty enough to do what he did at the end of the season that he was like, I need an extra half a million dollars there. No, we already we're already giving you two thirty. No, no, I do not want to have the same amount of money as Deshaun Watson. I need a I need a little bit more. He probably wanted two thirty one, and then the Cardinals like, dude, we're only giving you a half, half a million dollars more, bro. That's it. Well, but, I think that there's a nuance in there too because Deshaun Watson's contract is fully guaranteed, fully guaranteed, and Kyler Murray's is only one hundred and sixty right. guaranteed. So he's petty, and he's like, I want it to be a little bit more. He I, wants the he wants the face value to be. Of more. course, totally understand that. But you heard the guys on Bears All Access, Thayer and Joniak, talking about Lamar Jackson, and that's who I want to bring up next. He's playing in the fifth, in his fifth-year option. He's making $23 million a year, and I know he's looking at that Kyler Murray deal, that Deshaun Watson deal, and he is just licking his chops. But I feel like he's going to get played. I do not think the Ravens are going to give him that money. You got to think, too, if Kyler Murray, who, like you said, hasn't won a playoff game and really hasn't won anything, any anything of significance, anything. Lamar Jackson's won an MVP. Dude. So you got to think just based on that, he should at least get more guaranteed money. Yeah, you would think so. But they're going to, you know, you know, studs, you know how it is when you work, regardless of your job, even if you deserve the money, they will find a way to play you. 
They're like, ah, but you've been hurt a little bit. Ah, your style of play, you know, it's it's a little, it's a little crazy. I don't know if you're going to be here for it. I don't know if we can give you that. We're going to have to take off a year. They're going to try to play him in some way, shape, or form. And I can see the Ravens being like, you know what? We're going to move on from you because we're not going to give you that type of money. Go ahead and get that That would somewhere. be insane if they move on. Cut this clip. And next year, let's play that B because I'm telling you, something like that is going to happen. And, of course, when you're talking about two other quarterbacks that are in line for an extension, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, I didn't know Burrow led the league in completion percentage last year. You know, because the assumption he's is he was just, you know, throwing the ball down the field to Jamar Chase or, you know, a slant to Jamar Chase and letting him do his thing. But the fact that he led the lead in completion percentage, wow. That just adds another element to Joe Burrow and and how he'll be deserving of said extension that's going to be in the ballpark of that amount of money. But it also says a ton about the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. Justin, If I was Justin Fields, I'm like, bruh, I'm about to have the best year of my life. This year and next year, I'm about to go crazy. If I knew $230.5 million was out there, if I just played well and did my job, even 70% of that, I'd be playing my little heart out. But Justin, the reason why I brought up Joe Burrow's completion percentage, you can't get that if you're hovering around 50. You got to be in the upper 60s. Got to be in 66, 60, 63 to 68 range. First of all, it'll continue a lot of your drives. Put some more points on the board and get you more stats, bro. So, trying to, you know, big you up, trying to give you some incentive. Look, see how it all comes back to our teams here in Chicago? That's what we do. All right, that's my trifecta right here on 670 to score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. We got a great show for you guys today. Speaking of the Bears, we're going to be talking to former Bear Corey Rudin right at 8 o'clock. And for all my Sox fans, that's what's going to dominate the rest of this hour. We're going to be talking White Sox, and then we're going to be talking about shoes on the other side. That's right. We got, what, how are we going to say his name? I don't know. Is it Mache? He's on, on Spanish, so I think Macho when I think when I hear that, you know? What's your... It's, uh, I, well, just based on, I think it would be Mache. You would, I mean, it, it looks like a Hispanic-style name. I saw the so dude. Well, in the, in, the, in, the, in the White Sox clip, it's, just, it's a white dude, right? I saw the video. Yeah, that's the other thing that throws me off. So, like, uh, my guess is, is Mache. But, He's from Mache. the East Coast, so we'll, we'll talk to Dan. That's his real name. I just don't want to play him and call him. Like, Mache is like his uh, graffiti writing name. You know what I'm saying? But the shoes are dope, so White Sox are going to dominate the rest of the hour. So we'll talk about that on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Jersey number one is going to the Raptors. <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez. Kicking off the middle of the hour, talking about some White Sox baseball. Oh, man. Let's start with the good. I was going to save this audio. Let's start with the good. Liam Hendricks did a fantastic job during All-Star Weekend. Or All-Star, I keep calling it weekend like it's NBA. Uh, but it happened in the middle of the week. So uh, the All-Star break as he was performing on the mound. Let's, let's hear from him in his first take of just All-Star Weekend and what his thoughts were. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty cool. Obviously, uh, it, it's especially with the volatility of the reliever market and everything that goes. It, uh, to be able to be there for the three in a row and uh, over the course of four years uh, has been, um, it's been it's been pretty special. Being able to be that kind of consistent person out there, and that's something that I really pride myself in is the consistency. It's all well and good to have that uh, great year, the one year and stuff like that. But being able to put a couple of them together is, uh, has been a it's pretty, it's pretty rewarding being out here and being able to come out and, and represent uh, the Chicago White Sox for the second straight year. I mean, and he's the guy you want representing your team if you're the White Sox. I mean, outside of Tim Anderson and Dylan Cease, who should have been there. But Liam Hendricks is that – I mean, I, I follow him on Instagram, and he had several selfies – several is not even enough – a gang of selfies with a lot of the All-Stars. And you could just tell – like, that's what you want because you want, you want the league to know – the South Side of Chicago is a fun place to play. And if you have guys like Liam Hendricks there, then it's going to attract talent. And there's no better talent than those that are on display outside of Dylan Cease that are on display during during the All-Star Game festivities. And, and Liam is that dude. And then to just lock it down at the end was great. It was also really cool to hear him talk about the desire to chop it up with some of the other pitchers at the All-Star Game. 
Um, I think now I just, I just know more people, to be honest. I mean, having conversations with guys, being able to kind of judge their level so that I don't step over the line while trying to make fun of them or making fun of me, it's, uh, it, that's a good one for it. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's an exciting time. But every year there's new people, and that's, that's always a chance to meet some new people. And now I'm going to go see if I can pick some of these pitchers' brains about how they get people out and see what, uh, if I can glean anything from their information. Shout out WGM for giving us the audio on that one. And shout out to Caitlin Sharkey, who's over there now. One of my one of my good friends. But Liam, bro, they're asking you how you how you are getting people out. You're the closer. But I'm hopefully you guys share some secrets. Cause he's I, I was looking at his stats the other day, studs, and he hadn't give up an earned run. I think it was like in his last 16 appearances, which is incredible. So he's been out, lights out. Lights out. Since he came back from that injury, he since they gave him that IL stint. Yep. Which he obviously needed. He's been just lights out. Which is awesome to see. Because he is a fun guy to watch when he's winning. And he's doing his damn thing. Obviously, Tim Anderson was there as well. He looked really... I mean, he just looked as cool as a cucumber. Went that double play behind the back, double play ball. And, you know, got himself a nice little single doing what T.A. does. I, I feel like those are the kind of things that, like, when you get back to the... you know. You go to a summer camp and you come back and somebody sees you and they're like, oh, I saw you did your thing over the summer. Like, I feel like that's what the All-Star break is, where those two guys are going to come back and, you know, when they talk about the disconnect in the clubhouse, that's something that could bring people together. Hey, man, you did your thing. You represented for us. Hey, T.A., I saw you killing it out there. Let's do this, baby. All right, second half of the season. And that's where we're at right now. Because the most important part of this first series post-All-Star break is not the fact that we're playing the Guardians a team that's sitting in second place in the AL Central. That is not the most important part. It's the fact that the Chicago White Sox are at home. I know you've heard it. Sox are crappy at home, 19 and 25. And that, like, they have to get above 500 if they want to take the division and ultimately make the playoffs. Outside of that, it's the run differential. Struggling to score in the beginning of the season really hurt them, obviously. But the bats have come alive as of late, and they got it down to minus 14. That's the run differential right now. We want to get on the positive side. And it could happen against the Cleveland Guardians. The lineups, or the pitching, uh, excuse me, has, has been shelled out for everybody. Game one, Friday, Giolito versus Quantro. Giolito, I'm ready for him, Papa. He probably took a little break, had a couple beers, felt good, watched some tape. I got a feeling. I, the White Sox are back, baby. That was my, that was part of my trifecta the last show I did. The White Sox are back, baby. Don't 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 believe the the negativity. And Giolito is going to kick that off. So so as I'm talking about these four games, I'm trying to talk from a, an, an op, optimistic uh, standpoint. Giolito coming handling business game one. Then you got the doubleheader on Saturday, and it's either going to be Lynn or Cueto pitching either or of those games, and then Dylan Cease on the bump on Sunday against Mister Bieber. Ooh, that's going to be a good game. I'm curious why Dylan Cease isn't going in one of the those first three games. It's a great question. I'm actually, I actually wouldn't have been shocked at all if they gave him the nod for the first game because this is usually the time you like. Yeah. This is All Star breaks when you kind of reset your line, reset your 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 rotation. You have the opportunity to, and you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe they're looking ahead and they see like, oh, well, next time around we want him to go against this next team. So maybe right. they did that. I haven't looked. Th- I haven't looked ahead on their schedule after this this coming weekend, but. Colorado think, than the A's. Yeah, like it's weird to me that they're saving Dylan Cease for Sunday, or maybe they just want him to close out the series. And my initial thoughts would be they want him, they want our ace going up against their ace. They want Cease Bieber. 
they want to prove to the Guardians the same way they did to the Minnesota Twins, we have your number. And you're going to throw your best pitcher out there, and we're not giving away any games. You're going to get our stud, our best versus your best, and let's see what you got. Like, that's a game, studs, that can continue to build the confidence of a White Sox team that has been lacking it in the first half of the season. That's a game right there where if you win two out of three and you do the same thing like you did to the Minnesota Twins, you win your first two out of three, the one you lose is the one that Lynn pitches. Damn, hating so much shade right there. You lose the game that Lynn pitches, and then you won two out of three, and you're like, all right, we're not splitting this series. We already split the series against the Guardians. We already split the series against the Detroit Tigers, of course, talking about some of the series right before the All-Star break. And when it came to Minnesota, they did not want to do that very same thing. An extra chip on their shoulder. So when you're throwing your supposed ace, Dylan Cease on the mound against theirs, to me, it's a statement game. You could have threw him out there against Quantrill in game one, and then Giolito Bieber. But you're like, no, we're going to mow you down. And I love it. I love it. Put your best against my best. So that I could take, I'm all about taking people's hearts. I love when teams do that. I'm up by 20. You made a comeback? Well, I just shot two threes in a row. Now you're down 18 again. Ah, that's it. They put their hands. LeBron James puts his hands in the air and he quits because he took his heart. That's the same thing I want the White Sox to do to the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, you're in second place. Yeah, you're one game ahead of us right now. But you're not going to be in the mix come September. And here's why. Because Giolito, Cueto, and Cease are going to take three out of four. Notice how I didn't mention Lance Lynn. I'm worried about him. I'm just going to stay on the same. I'm going I'm, uh, I'm to use the same narrative that I've been using for a couple of weeks now. It was the best thing ever, studs. Shane and I were doing our podcast, Southsiders. Make sure you go ahead and download the Odyssey app and check us out every Thursday and Sunday, brand new episodes. And the game before Lance Lynn pooped, pooped the bed, I said Lance and Cueto had pitched that gem for game two against the Minnesota Twins. And I told Shane, Lance Lynn is not going to be a part of the White Sox playoff rotation. And he thought I was insane. And I explained to him why. My first question was, Shane, are you going to go to a five-man rotation in the playoffs? The answer is no. No one does. And that's where my argument started. Because it's going to be Cease, Giolito, Kopech. And when you're going talking about that fourth dude, it's Johnny Cueto. There's no, like, you cannot make an argument for Lance Lynn right now at this point in the season to be your fourth starter. You can't. And what, not pitch Cueto? Are you crazy? I think you're right. As of right now, yeah. you're right. But you know, we have to see how things look in September. You know, how's Johnny Cueto looking at that point? Because I think Do you if, have more faith? Lance Wait, Lynn, hold on, hold on. Do you have sorry. more faith? Do you have more faith in Cueto staying hot or Lance Lynn cup getting hot? Hmm. I have That's more faith question. in Cueto staying hot. <laughs> oh, you know, like the way he's going right now, I Look, I actually, if we were to predict right now how things would look at the end of the season, I would say that we're going to have more faith in Lance Lynn by the end of the season because I, I, there's, I don't think that the Lance Lynn we've seen is is who he is. Like I think he's still that's still in there somewhere, and I don't know what it is that he's struggling with. And so I think he figures it out. And if that's the case, then you move Johnny Cueto to the bullpen. And I think I, if that's the most ideal thing. 
to, to like, and we've already seen Cueto come out of the pen and pitch. Sure. What was it like four or five innings yeah. against? Uh, so, I he, and that and so if anything, maybe maybe it looks like this. Maybe it's Lance Lynn starting backed up by Cueto. We say, hey, we give Lance Lynn the nod, and we have Cueto sitting ready if if things get into trouble. Let me go ahead and tell you his last seven appearances, the amount of runs he's given up: three, five, six, zero. That one gem he pitched against the Giants, then five, eight, six, bruh. I do not want to share time with anyone that's giving up that many runs in the playoffs. What I don't want to do is give any team a five-run lead in the third inning the way he did against the Well, of Twins. course not. And if he's still pitching like that in yeah. September going into October, then, yeah, right. he shouldn't be part of the rotation. I yeah. agree with you. So it's going to be tough. They need to give him an aisle stint just like they did Liam Hendricks. And maybe the I think way. I mean, and that's why, you know, we'll see what the All-Star break gave him. And, and you know, they could have even, like, I wouldn't even – I would have been okay if they skipped him again to start off the rotation. Facts. Here. Go with, you know, go with like yeah. start Cueto game one of the doubleheader on Saturday and then, you know, throw some, throw Velasquez throw some minor, yeah, yeah, throw, yeah, Velasquez or, or, yeah, throw, yeah, Martin again, throw some minor league guy out in game two, yeah. punt on that game and then come back with Dylan Cease in game four. But I think it's the same thing with Dallas Keiko where you're just going to let the buddy shoot himself in the foot so that that way the decision is simple and it's not one that can be argued. It is simply, bruh, we tried, and we love you. You're 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 our pit bull in the clubhouse, but you ain't our ace on the mound. <laughs> I, I obviously I hope he does better for the White Sox, but you know, just again, I'm gonna stick with my narrative. All right, I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. One thing that the Sox did get right is giving this guy the opportunity to create some shoes because these shoes that they made for the Chicago White Sox that are dropping in a couple of days are absolutely phenomenal. So on the other side of this, we're going to talk about the inspiration for the shoe, how people can get them, and how he even got the gig. We'll talk to Mache on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. Get your track shoes on because we're running. And if you're one of the lucky fans that already RSVP to the July 27th event, you're going to be getting a different kind of shoe. This shoe is sick. I got to be honest, and I've been looking for a Nike switch somewhere, but it's not. It's an independent shoe. What am I talking about? The Chicago White Sox have partnered up with Mosh, one of the dopest shoe designers that are out there, to create a custom shoe. And joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, is Dan Gamash. Mosh, what up, brother? What up? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Man, absolutely, bro. Once I saw these shoes... And, you know, the cool thing is when you got your own show on here, I'm, I'm, I'm new to the score, by the way. So once you got your own show, you can kind of just do whatever the hell you want. And I was like, yeah, this, this sounds like a good angle. I need to talk to this guy. This is great. So shout out to Chris uh, Quintana for putting the whole thing together uh, for me. Because, you know, in Chicago, it's all about the plug, right? Even in the shoe game. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. I think, I think in the shoe game, it's most important. <laughs> <laughs> right. You always need the plug. All right. So I got two quick questions that I feel like are extremely important. The last name, is it French or Irish? Because I've, I've, been, I've been looking that up, and those are the two that keep popping up. That's what it is. I'm, I'm French, Canadian, Irish. Okay. So I, got, and I, I got a little bit of Native American in there, too, but that's where the gamache comes from, for sure. I figured you were in New York, and I was just going to call you Puerto Rican, but then I was like, nah, that's not, <laughs> that's not, that's not, that. That's not that. I, I got a lot of Puerto Rican friends, and I have enough culture, but yeah. Of course. <laughs> I, so Irish and French, Canadian. You're from <laughs> New York, born and raised. But Crazy, right? oddly enough, yeah, you're a lifelong Sox fan. Tell, tell me, Mosh, tell me the beautiful story of how that came to be. 
Um, I was a massive just base, I played baseball all my life. I lived in New York, obviously. You usually picked either pinstripes or the Mets. I lived in a, a Mets household. My mom's still a diehard Mets fan. And I ended, I ended up just being a Bo Jackson fan. That's how it started. Mm. And then when he went to Chicago, you know, I followed him and then obviously discovered Frank Thomas and discovered, you know, Wilson Alvarez and, you know, Bobby Thigpen. And, like, I just stayed a fan all through. And, like, and it was funny when we won in 05, you know, I was the only White Sox fan out here. So everyone knew that, like, when they, we won, they were calling me, like, Mosh, you, you finally won. You know, because I used to go to Yankee games with them and actually had White Sox vanity plates. And I would drive to Yankee Stadium Hell and get yeah. rocks thrown in my car. Oh, my God. And, and, like I, and I was like, you know, I was like, it's not, they're not Boston plates, they're White Sox. They don't care. No, nah, it doesn't matter. The Yankee <laughs> fans, they're loyal. They're like, if it's, not, if it's not the Yanks, I don't even care what team you're repping for. I don't want to yeah. see it. I don't care what pinstripes you're wearing. There's an NY on it. <laughs> it's funny, man, because, you know, you and I are right around the same age. And, you know, I grew up on the north side of Chicago. And my, I, I grew up in a Cubs household. But I was a Sox fan literally for the exact same reasons. When you're looking at Black Jack McDowell, Frank Thomas, Robin Ventura, mm-hmm. Ozzie Guillen, like that team was exciting. So as I'm throwing the tennis ball off my front steps playing Cubs versus Sox, I always had the, the, the leverage going to the White Sox team because they were exciting at the time. Now, I love that you said we when you said the yeah. 2005 championship because I'm a we guy myself. Exactly. I, I, I get crap for it here on the station. But like I said, I'm new, so I'm, I got to change that. But I'm a we guy, and I, I'm glad you said that even though you're a, you're a New Yorker. Yeah, but you know what? Even now that we have a shoe, now it's definitely we. Yeah, now, oh, now it's oh, family it's now, for real. I like I got I got the check. Look at this check. It says White Sox on it. That means exactly. <laughs> that means it's a we. Uh, we're talking for to sure. Mosh, one of the dopest shoe designers that's out there, and he has collaborated with the Chicago White Sox to give you the consumer the Mosh Runner, a limited run sneaker, independently designed by him. Talk, talk to me. I mean, obviously you've worked with you know other you know major corporations like MLB, M- NBA, NFL, but how how yeah. did that even come about? Like, did they just come, they hit you up on IG, like, or like, how are they, how did they even hit you up to begin with? Well, thankfully, like, I've been, I've had the opportunity, I've been doing t- custom shoes for 20 years, and I've, and like you said, I've worked with awesome, you know, MLB and WWE, but also I've worked with Nike, and I've worked with Adidas, and New Balance, like, I've, I've gone across the gambit, and, you know, it just happened to be that it got to a point where, you know, I just wanted to kind of go out for myself because, you know, you kind of have like a set of goals when you start to have a business and things. And I started checking off those goals by 40. And it's like, yeah. you know, what's next? And, you know, a lot of people were like, when's the Mashu coming out? I never saw myself as a designer. I always just saw myself as an artist. Mm. And, you know, so when the pandemic hit, you know, we had a little more free time. So I, I really ha- had someone that, you know, was in the business of manufacturing shoes, actually in America, surprisingly. And wow. he was like, you know, whenever you want to do it, I'm here. So, you know, we pressed the button. We started doing it. Um, how we linked up with the White Sox is I linked up with my man Gareth um, probably about three, four years ago, um, through, you know, just through the creative space and him knowing that I was a White Sox fan. Again, you know, when he found out that I was a Sox fan, he was like, okay, well, I'm going to find out more about this guy. Right. And, you know, we just kind of formed a relationship. And then um, I had, I'm also a Vikings fan, which is even funnier because I just don't root for any of our teams. I have a lot of friends on New York teams. Okay. But I root for all different teams. So I really saw a inspired shoe last year that, that did really well. And Garrett, Garrett saw that. He was like, yo, he goes, I want to be the first MLB team with our own shoe. And I was like, and of course I'm in. I mean, it's my favorite freaking baseball team. So this colorway and 
what's been a cool thing, you know, I've seen the responses, you know, from the, from the, you know, the post on IG and it's not a, a fire Tony post. It's, it's someone talking about how dope the shoe is. I'm dead, bro. You're so right. <laughs> That's a, so you know, it has real. no context to the shoe at all. So it's funny to, to see it. Right. But, um, but it's been, it's been cool because, you know, the people that have been following my journey and kind of know the deal with the Mosh runner. I don't know what else to call it besides that's my name and that's the runner. You know, I designed a shoe that I wanted to have, have really quality materials. Like, I knew what I wanted in a shoe. Like I said, I'm 43 now, so comfort's very important. Yep. <laughs> so when I designed it, um, very soft, they're light, they're all, it's all premium materials. I mean, I can tell people how good my shoe is, but it's better to hear the, the people in the testimonials that have been supporting and buying shoes for the last two years that buy every single shoe and they're like, now they don't even like wear Nikes. They want to wear my shoes. And obviously that's no shot at Nike, but no. like people, people like to support a quality product. Listen, and they know all, that like, all you really want Mosh is somebody to grab your shoe and just smell it. That's how you know that they're yeah. checking for some good quality. I've, I've been around some shoe heads in my day. I'm not one, but I, I've, I've been around some shoe heads and I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, bro, right. I might, I might lick the bottom of this sneaker. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, bro. Yeah. So do we got like goat leather on this shoe or, or what's up? What's tell me, tell me um, like some of the materials that are in there. They're all, it's all made of nappy, nappy suede, new bucks. Um, we actually have in striped jersey material on the liner and across. The okay. Front. Wait, let me, let me pause. Let me pause right now. Yo, the pinstripe on the inside and on the toe box is so cold blooded. If you're a Sox fan, like you're looking at that and you're like, yes, that is so dope. And it's subtle because the thing is, like, I think if you went overkill, I mean, then it's not really a wearable shoe. It's more of a novelty shoe. Like, I designed it so I want people that, I mean, because, like, I obviously know Sox fans that are open to it are going to like it. But I also wanted to have people that maybe someone from the north side likes it, like, the way it looks, just the other way. So, like, and, you know, I got Yankee fans that are like, yo, that shoe is dope. I might throw a Yankee patch over the tongue, but it's dope. (laughs) (laughs) But, right. But, you know, that, but I had the same, you know, it came to the same thing when I did the Viking shoe. You know, people were like, you know, it's a dope shoe, but I don't like the Vikings. So I made sure there was no, like, branding or anything on that. But, you know, then Laker fans bought it because it was the same color. So, you know, there's always some kind of tie over. But, you know, a clean, you know, black, gray, and white shoe, you know, it's it's uh, it's easy to wear. And, I mean, I can tell everyone, again, how good the shoe is. But I just can't wait to see everybody show up and, uh, and pick these up on Monday. That's right. Uh, July 27th, 4 to 7 p.m., I tried the RSVP, said it was already sold out. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I could believe yeah, it, actually, but that was dope. Yeah, we had the RSVP sold out uh, after only two days. And, you know, I, I saw some of the feedback from some of the people about the, about the price of it. Because, you know, it's three twenty five. It's not a cheap shoe. But, again, which, again, they're, you know, in a comparison to, like, a designer shoe, that usually costs two to three times what that is. Yeah. Um, you know, these are made by hand in America and obviously costs are a little more. And you just get what you pay for. And I kind of feel like once someone gets one of those shoes, they see the difference in the quality, like in like a Jordan or things like that. Again, like there's a difference. And, and I hope that people see that and can appreciate it. Yeah, 325. I d- definitely seen that. But like I mentioned, I know when I, when I mentioned shoe heads, it's people that have created shoes. And I, I, I've i been through, that's my cousin. And he went to China to try to make his shoe. Then he ended up going to Mexico. And then it was like, bro, this is mad expensive if you do it in the States. So when I saw mm-hmm. 325 and I hear you saying, hey, it's made here, you know, in the U.S., that that price point for a designer shoe with those quality, you know, uh, materials, that that makes sense to me when, when you're looking at it like that. Of course, we're talking right. to my guy, uh, Mosh, who is just an, did an incredible job creating this White Sox shoe. And now you yourself, if you want to get it, you, you're not, you you're not going to get the pre-release on the 27 from 4 to 7. But you can pre-order for uh, the July 29th, 
release day that's yeah. going to be happening. And it seems as though they got like a IG giveaway. Is that what is that what's going on there that you can sign yeah, up today? Have, yep, with the White Sox store, they're giving away one pair at random. Uh, I believe you have to just follow the, the White Sox store and then tag people. Um, and then for that pre-order, and I've always released a shoe on a pre-order model just because I know the pains of going on Nike trying to get a pair of sneakers and you don't get them <laughs> right. and you got to have exclusive access or know the plug or do whatever. And like, I, I feel like when you, when you have a successful product it's to address a problem and mm. all sneakerheads have a problem of attaining things that we want. So I wanted to make some of that, that is quality and accessible and the pre-order model is the best way to do it because you know, some people get really tied into like how limited the shoe is and whatever. And honestly, the, the customer dictates how limited that shoe is. You know, we keep the pre-order open for 72 hours. So you get a whole weekend to try and get them, you know, minimal effort. I put links up for everybody to see. And then at, you know, 72 hours when the clock hits zero, I shut it down. You know, they never come back again. I never retro them. I never bring them back. And that keeps it special for those people that support it. So, you know, what happens is with the pre-order, then we go and make those shoes. So for the pop-up, obviously we have the pairs ready to go. And then for the pre-order, we close it up, we make the shoes, and they ship out anywhere between, I'd say, 10 to 14 weeks, depending on what COVID protocols and delays are given us. Right. But I kind of look at it as almost like a release date. So when they buy that shoe, they know they're getting the shoe, and in that, in that certain amount of time, you know, they can either watch the clock or be surprised when it shows up You know, three months later. <laughs> it's a nice little surprise. But what ends up happening is a lot of the customers that maybe were on the fence about it or slept, they'll see everyone get their orders and they're posting them on Instagram, or whatever. They hit me up and they're like, Oh, do you got any more extras on the side? And it's like, no, we only make what we sell because I mean, we're a small business still. Right. I don't you have know, a, cl- I don't have a closet full of the Moss runners just waiting for you to yeah, hit me up. The wet clothes. That's what's so, up, we, so, so we make when it goes out and we keep them special. And like I said, I keep that promise to just keep a quality product and like, just take care of the people that, that look out for me from the ground floor. So like, you know, 10 years got the first moshes when they're trying to sell those things for ten thousand dollars like a pair of jordan one yeah well man these are a phenomenal shoe i I couldn't be more prouder to be a white Sox fan to know that they're doing innovative things for the culture and you being at the forefront of that so so dan mr mosh thanks for hanging out with me today on the show i'm gonna hit you up on ig hopefully we can get up while you're here because i gotta be honest talking to you you seem pretty cool, dudes. I, you know, you're not sure who you're going to get when you're working with guys like this, but you sound pretty dope, and especially because we got the same origin story for the White Sox. We got to get up when you're in town, all right? Nah, most definitely. I appreciate it. All right, Mosh, have a good one. Dan Gamash, of course, the influential designer who has teamed up with the Chicago White Sox to create their very first limited run independently designed by Dan Mosh Gamash. Oh, man, you got to check these things out. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. And we're doing we're live and local, baby. This is what we do. We talk about our sports teams. And on the other side of this, we also have the luxury of having some of the former players join us. Corey Wooten, former defensive end for the Chicago Bears and one of my really good friends, will join the show. So we can talk about Justin Fields and Jason Peters saying that he could potentially be one of the best quarterbacks in the league if they can just get their offensive line right. We'll do that on the other side. Again, I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.